This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. And welcome to the best show on your radio. You know it better as Freddie and Harry. Got my man Gabe Neitzel in for Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman together presented by Progressive Insurance on the ESPN app. Sirius XM Channel 80 and always, always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN radio. We're going to do a little, when you hear this NFL playoff team, you think, meaning me and Gabe, blank. We're not going to know what teams are being thrown at us by our producer, one of our producers, Rachel Robinson. But she's just going to spin that wheel, wherever the team, wherever it lands on. We're going to tell you, okay, that's the team and what we think. Since Gabe, Gabe's not a guest. He's not filling in. He's family. He's a brother of the show. <laughs> so we're going to let Gabe go first each and every time. I'll go second. So a little NFL playoff edition. When you hear this team, what do Gabe Neitzel and Freddie Coleman think? So Rachel Robinson will spin that wheel and it'll land on any team, and we will go from there. The Los Angeles Rams. Who the Rams are a team that is explosive offensively. That's what I just think of. You think of all the weapons that they have and the way that Matthew Stafford's played, especially in the second half of the season, Puka Nakua. Mm-hmm. You see what, you know, that Cooper Cup when he's healthy. But Kyron Williams has been the really the engine that's made the whole thing run with what he's been able to do on the ground. First thing I think of when I think of those Rams is that explosive offense. I think armed and extremely dangerous which is something that you do not want to see from a playoff team on the come up and not just limping in. And that's where the Rams are, and not just in the offensive side of football. That defense has been getting after people and making you work and making those kind of impact plays. And we wondered if we were going to see that from the Los Angeles Rams, barely two years removed from winning that Super Bowl championship. You look at that team, you're thinking, hey, Detroit, you got a team coming in. That is armed and extremely dangerous. And Matthew Stafford came back to play against a team that he laid a lot of blood, sweat, and tears on the line for and only had a chance to play in one playoff game. That's going to be a lot of fun when both of those teams get together this weekend. The Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, the first thing I always think of when the Pittsburgh Steelers hit is Mike Tomlin. Think about the year that Mike Tomlin's had. They go from being a few games above 500 mm-hmm. and kind of being in a position where, like, ooh, maybe they make the playoffs, and him being in the coach of the year talks. It, it wasn't that long ago. Correct me if I'm wrong, Freddie. Weren't, weren't we talking about maybe it's time? Mm-hmm. Like, 17 years is a long time in one spot. Maybe it's time he moves on. Well, Somebody, you know, well, that people, message gets yeah. stale. Well, people were talking, and I said, be careful. That's not the kind of conversation <laughs> that's going to work in your favor. And. <laughs> And here he is. Now he's got his team at 10 and 7. I know it's been a long time. And I have heard when I've been on these airwaves from Pittsburgh Steelers fans who are like, no, yeah. we, it, the, the, the standard's higher than this. We need to win a playoff game. Look, I get it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like Ben Roethlisberger wasn't very good at the end. Yep. Right now you're going in with Mason Rudolph as your mm-hmm. quarterback. Mm-hmm. He got Mason Rudolph <laughs> to get that <laughs> offense to put up 30 points. Per, like Mike Tomlin is one of the most underrated coaches in the NFL, and how this team? Look at this roster. Yeah, they've got some good pieces. <laughs> right? How is this? How does this roster have ten wins? How does this roster have ten wins and is in the playoffs? Freddie, somebody has to explain it to me, please. Like I'm five. I, I wish somebody. I wish people could see the look on your face right now because you <laughs> you have the same look on your face. That I guarantee you, plenty of Steelers fans have in their faces, and that's when I think of Pittsburgh Steelers. I think of how. How are we here with this team? <laughs> That's the look on your face that you had that plenty of Steelers fans feel the same way, thinking, wait a minute, it wasn't that long ago that we're thinking, to your point, maybe it's time that we need a different voice in this locker room. 
Then you look up again, and you know what's happened? Never having a losing season. Mike Tomlin, Pittsburgh in the playoffs with the defense that's going to fight you hard, and all of a sudden the quarterback that a lot of people have a lot more confidence in in Mason Rudolph. When I hit Pittsburgh Steelers in the playoffs, I think, how? Because that has been that question, and here they are once again. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Whew. Somebody had to win that division, I guess. Like, I'm not overly impressed by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh-huh. Again, a team that have some of the pieces left over from a championship run not that long ago. So it makes them just dangerous enough as a playoff team, but they're still missing a lot of other pieces that they need. I mean, this is a team that... If they win this first game, they're not going to win another one. If they go right. on the road, you think playoff football, you think, all right, you got to be able to run the football at least a little bit. This team has, not only can't they run the football, I don't know if they have any interest in running the football. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I don't know if they want. It just doesn't seem a thing that crosses their mind as as they're going. That being said, their wide receivers are still dangerous, yeah. and you have to be on top of your game as a secondary to shut down Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. When I hear Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the playoffs, I think good for Baker Mayfield. But even though Cleveland's in the playoffs, boy, they threw a lot at his feet to saying, here's why we're not winning. Him. Why we have dysfunction. Him. Why we can't get it right. Him. It seemed that any time something went wrong, Baker Mayfield was the reason those things went wrong with the Cleveland Browns. Never mind the fact that he played injured more than a couple of times for that organization. And then when it was all said and done, we need to get rid of him. So good for Baker Mayfield. Yeah, it was, a, it was a division that somebody had to win. But that doesn't discount the fact that Baker Mayfield played really, really well for this football team. So they're thinking, why run the football? This guy knows wide receivers? Yeah, come after him because he's still going to make plays. That could be a very difficult game for the Philadelphia Eagles when they play each other this Monday, 8-15 Eastern time in the playoffs on ABC. Gabe Neitzel in for Harry Douglas. Join me, Freddie Coleman, on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. We're doing a little when you hear this NFL playoff team. What do we think? Who's next? The Green Bay Packers. Youth. I think a youth. Mm-hmm. This is the youngest team that's ever made the playoffs. Yes. I don't know if they were tracking stuff back in the 40s when guys had to have two jobs to play in the NFL, <laughs> but it's probably the youngest team that made the playoffs since back then. It's unbelievable the turnaround of this team. And we were talking about this on my morning show here in Milwaukee, Freddie. Jordan Love... Like he was fine for the first seven, you know, first seven games. Packers were really struggling. They were yeah. two and five. And it's like, okay, I can kind of see some of the things with Jordan Love. Jordan Love has been one of the best, if not the best quarterback in the last eight games in the NFL. He has completed over 70% of his passes after only completing 57 through the first seven. His last eight games, 70% of his passes, 18 touchdowns, mm-hmm. one interception. Yeah. This offense is humming and all this youth is growing together. And the other f- thing about youth, it's fun. Yeah. And when they're playing like they did yesterday against the Chicago Bears, they are having a good time, and they're playing for one another. Mm-hmm. And it's something you can see and feel when you watch this young Packers team. When I hit a great way Packers, I think of Jordan Love, exciting and new. They got rid of Aaron Rodgers. They wanted someone new. And he's been able to justify exactly why they drafted him in the first round. Although, hey, Green Bay. I don't know what kind of motivational play they're trying to think of early this year when they say, man, if Jordan Loves doesn't play any better, we, you know, we may have to think about another quarter. I'm like, really? You're only going to give him one year after <laughs> deal with Aaron Rodgers? I don't know what kind of psychology they thought was going to work, but Jordan Love didn't even address it. He said, I know I got to play better. 
but I want to do it for my team. Now other people are saying, only Dak Prescott has thrown more touchdown passes this year than Jordan Love. Jordan Love did something in his first four years as starting quarterback that even Aaron Rodgers did not do. Not just have a winning record, but get a team to a playoff and make it his own team at the same time. Jordan Love, exciting and new. Get on board. It's always going to be something good and new. The Kansas City Chiefs. Dangerous. Okay. This team is dangerous. Mm-hmm. Because when it, when the reason why these quarterbacks get paid all the money they get paid is because this is when they make a difference. Think about all, I mean, I think you'd have to go all the way back to when the Broncos beat the Carolina Panthers. Right. The last time a team didn't get elite quarterback play from their QB. Now, some of those quarterbacks weren't elite. Certainly Nick Foles was not, but he played like an elite quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. Absolutely. This is when, this is, this is Patrick Mahomes' time. And yes, he may have to go on the road for the first time, but when you get in the playoffs, things get magnified. Like your coach, like your quarterback, and who in the NFL has a better coach-quarterback combination than the Kansas City Chiefs with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes? They're going to figure things out. They get the Miami Dolphins, who have struggled against good teams. They get a little bit of confidence. They start rolling forward. Nobody, I mean nobody, is going to want to face this Kansas City Chiefs team, even if the Bills, let's say the Bills win their game, they get the, the, the Chiefs at home. They've had some nightmares against the Chiefs in the postseason. You think they want Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes coming to Buffalo? I can guarantee you they do not. I'll trampoline off of that because normally you talk about contenders the last five years, the Kansas City Chiefs are either the list or at the top of the list. They're not even on the list this year. We're having more conversations about the Buffalo Bills and the Baltimore Ravens, and deservedly so, I might add. We have a mm-hmm. number one seed in the Baltimore Ravens, now the Buffalo Bills have played the last five weeks of the season. Yeah, you deserve to be on that headline page above Kansas City. But to bring some memory to your memory, the road through the AFC has always gone through Kansas City. It would not surprise me if that happens once again, even though they've been forgotten about, even though they won their division again for the 100th straight time in the AFC West. The Detroit Lions. Kneecaps. I just think of kneecaps anytime I think of the Detroit Lions. But really, I, th- I do think about their head coach because I don't know if I've done a 180 on a coach or player more than I've done on Dan Campbell. Like I okay. used to, I, I enjoyed you know making fun of him and the things that he said when he was the interim coach down in Miami before he got this job, or even when he was on Hard Knocks talking about his coffee order. Oh, I start with two espresso, and then he takes his coffee. Right? Like, right. I, I had fun, like I had fun making fun of, but he's genuine. He is who he is, and he's gotten his team to buy in, mm-hmm. and that's why the Detroit Lions have become so successful. That's okay. why he has changed the culture in a place that was dying for a culture change for 30 years. They haven't, they haven't won that division in 30 years. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers were in the division the last time the Detroit Lions won that division. Wow. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, so I think of Dan Campbell and the incredible job that he has done. And when you hear coaches talk about keeping the outside noise out, I think he's done a better job of that than anybody because, again, with some of the things he said, biting kneecaps, right. and, you know, listing three nap kneecaps when people typically only have two, <laughs> but you know, and, and the coffee stuff and all these other crazy things that he says, he kept all that noise and people making fun of him and his team on the outside, and he was able to build a really good culture on the inside. When I think of the Detroit Lions in the playoffs, I automatically think, hey, Jared Goff, which one's going to show up? 
Are you going to be the guy I've seen at times where you can be as accurate as all get outside? Or are you going to be the guy that at times throws a football defeat of open wide receivers, especially when you have the chance to play against good football teams? That Cowboys in the second half of that game, take out the whole referee decision and everything like that. But Jared Goff was not good in that game on the road versus the Dallas Cowboys. And now you're going to face a team that traded you away because they did not believe you could win a championship with them. And then they won a championship without you. Now they're bringing Matthew Stafford back into a place where he is still revered in Detroit as a football player. Hey, Jared Goff, you can't let the ex beat you in your own house with a new wife. You got to make sure that you're the real husband of Detroit when it comes to that. If you're Jared Goff and the ex is coming back home to say, this used to be my house, but man, it looked a lot better when I was here. Just being that nice guy, inviting the ex over for a nice little, you know, just a little meal, be cordial. You can't be winning. You can't let that guy win the breakup. No doubt about that. You can't let him put his feet up on the sink and, hey, remember that picture? Man, honey, maybe we took that in Acapulco. You can't allow that to happen if you're Jared Goff and Matthew Stafford coming back. The Dallas Cowboys. It could be a setup in two different ways. Number one, because I've seen this happen before, Gabe. Those expectations, feeling good about themselves, did not think they were going to win a division, not a division champions, and they win two home games and get the NFC Championship game because you have to have that happen if you're the Cowboys, the number two, number two seed. You have a chance to play two games at home if you can make that work. It's a good setup that way. But it could be a setup the other way, Gabe, in terms of, yeah, expecting a lot of Dallas Cowboys because lately when that has happened, they've always fallen short when they have the talent this year and the mentality this year to go at least have a deep playoff run that has not happened since the 90s for the Dallas Cowboys. They have the most pressure on them, I think, of any team to make a run. I don't disagree. I, I, because I don't you disagree. look at Mike McCarthy. Like, if Mike McCarthy loses to the Packers on Sunday... Anybody be shocked if Jerry Jones decides to move on? No. No, I don't think so. No. Okay, so you got that. If if they lose to the Green Bay Packers on Sunday, Dak Prescott has had a heck of a season. Led the league in touchdown passes. He has been really good. One of the best years of his career, without a doubt. You do that, everyone's going, yeah, that's cool that you did that in the regular season, Dak, but what about what happened in in the wildcard round against the Packers, right? Like, there is, it seems like, for Dak, his legacy, for Mm -hmm. Mike McCarthy, his job, are on the line to make a deep playoff run, especially because Mm -hmm. they now have those two games at home, and they've been so good at home. I don't know if I've ever seen a team with home road splits like this, where you're averaging 21 on the road and 38 at home. It's such a big disparity, but things broke your way. You got those breaks with the Eagles losing that you have the opportunity to get to an NFC Championship game for the first time since the 1995 season. But with that comes a lot of pressure to be able to get that done because you've won your last 16 games at home. Do you agree with Gabe Knight so that right now going into the playoffs to start this weekend that the Dallas Cowboys have the most pressure of any team in the playoffs. Let us know in the Dr. Pepper call in line at 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. I'm going to let you know if I agree with that, but we want to hear from you at 888-729-3776. Gabe Knight's in for Harry Douglas today on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. I'm Freddie Coleman. He believes the Dallas Cowboys have the most pressure of anybody in the playoffs this year. Do you agree? Let us know at 888-729-3776. When it comes to that pressure, 
Dak Prescott, what say you as Cowboys quarterback? Very ready. Obviously, coming off of the past years, I'm understanding the team we have, um, knowing that knowing we're coming into the season, that, that we had a team that could compete, wanted to put ourselves in this position, uh, wanted to stay in the moment each and every week and not look forward to this, but now uh, it's upon us. And I think uh, most importantly, we've got to take it one game at a time with the same attitude that we came into this game with, same attitude that we've taken in, in every home approach. Who, who's it's, it's Green Bay lined up right now. Everything focuses on that. We'll enjoy this and enjoy this plane ride home and guarantee you tomorrow everybody turns the page puts this regular season behind them and understands that tomorrow's not promised in that sense that we've got to make sure we give everything we can the minute this team started to become his team and less of Micah Parsons team that's when it flipped around for the Dallas Cowboys here's why I say that because he was the one guy meaning Micah Parsons after they got taken apart by the San Francisco 49ers he's the one said y'all need to back off my quarterback I know my quarterback can play We've got to be better for our quarterback. And I'm not going to have any of this kind of slander about my guy. The minute that Micah Parsons said that after they lost to San Francisco, and then Dak and CeeDee Lamb went out there and furthered it, the way they were able to play at a white-hot level, even a couple of road losses against the Philadelphia Eagles losing on the road, that was just a lot of pilot errors, stepping out of bounds. But to me, the better team than in that football game. I've been vindicated by that, based on what we've seen from the Cowboys since then and the Eagles since then. Against the Miami Dolphins, it wasn't Dak Prescott's fault they didn't win that ball game. He did his job. Down 19-10, mm-hmm. to 10, he throws that touchdown pass to Brandon Cooks in the back of the end zone. The Cowboys' defense couldn't stand up. Give the Dolphins credit for finding a way to get down the field and get that game-winning field goal. But ever since Micah Parsons said, y'all need to back off my quarterback because he's not the problem. He basically told the coaching staff, you guys better figure this out with the kind of talent that we have. And from that point on, Dak Prescott's been different. The minute it became his team again, that's when he kind of reduced that kind of pressure. Not just on himself, not just in the organization, not just on his coach, but everything surrounding a team that is always going to have the most attention of anybody in the National Football League. Yeah, Mike McCarthy has, I think, unlocked some things within Dak Prescott by being the main play caller, by taking over this offense in Dak had to do this, a lot of it, not necessarily himself, because I, I don't want to diminish what CeeDee Lamb has done. Absolutely. Because he's had an unbelievable season. But they've done this with basically no running game. I mean, Tony Pollard's been pretty beat up throughout the course of the season, and that running game has been not efficient, even in the slightest. So to be able to do that with not much of a running game, with right. the play-action passing working at a minimum for... Then all the other weapons to come together, because I think Brandon Cooks has played pretty well down the stretch. Mm-hmm. He's been a nice red zone target. Same thing with Jake Ferguson, Jake Ferguson. coming on as a tight end. Mm-hmm. And then CD is really that other engine that makes it run. McCarthy's really figured things out with this Cowboys offense. Yeah. And it's it's down to a question, okay, now can that offense deliver with all the chips on the table? Because in the past, they haven't. Right. They haven't been able to win some of these games, even at home. Mm-hmm. I think a couple of years ago when they lost to the 49ers and had a bazillion penalties, mm-hmm. and they just couldn't keep it clean. If they Keep it clean and find a way to just, again, block out the, hey, this is the postseason. It means a little bit more. Again, 16 games in a row inside AT&T Stadium, that's an unreal streak. I still say the San Francisco 49ers have more pressure than the Dallas Cowboys. Not because they're the number one seed, but they really have gotten there and have fallen short in NFC Championship games. They had the lead against the Los Angeles Rams in Los Angeles where they made that place on San Francisco South. Could not put them away. Last year, both of their quarterbacks knocked out against the Philadelphia Eagles in that NFC Championship game. This year, everything has broken right. They've earned that. But everything is broken right for San Francisco. Having a chance to go in there and have that number one seat and all those pieces are in place. 
if they're not able to get through, if they're not able to get to a Super Bowl by having a number one seed and home field advantage, let's say for argument's sake, somebody comes from the other side and beats them, if it's Dallas, if it's Green Bay or somebody else, then also you start looking around and saying, hey, wait a minute, guys. What are we missing here with all this kind of talent and we've had chances to break through and have not been able to do that? Cowboys get the lion's share of attention because they're America's team. Like it or not, fair and fair, bad or good, that's the way it is. But if you're not able with everything set up for you, like the Cowboys have on one side, but you're the number one seed in the NFC when it comes to San Francisco, and all of a sudden you start looking around going, hmm, 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 what can we do to make sure that we don't keep falling short again? In the AFC, the Ravens have separated themselves, but I think you can talk yourself into a number of different teams because of the amount of great quarterbacks that exist over in the AFC. That's fair. In the, Absolutely. In the NFC, the Niners have are head and shoulders above everyone else, and I think you would be shocked if somebody else went in there because mm-hmm. they dominated Dallas when they played earlier this year. Like they, they've dominated the teams that have been you know seemingly closest to them all yeah. season long, except for Baltimore. So, yeah, except for that team. Yeah, except for Baltimore. But in the NFC, for them not even to make the Super Bowl, absolutely, that would be a shock in the NFC. So I guess you could say that is a lot of pressure that goes with that because well. In the past, what's it been? Well, we, we haven't had our quarterback. It hasn't been the right guy. You seemingly have the right guy now. Exactly. I don't know how much more talent you could get on a single roster. No doubt about that. Gabe Knights on in for Harry Douglas. Joining me, Freddie Coleman on Freddie and Harry. Thanks for joining us. Presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio. If you're looking for a career, you'll love the flexibility, great pay and benefits. Added one of the country's top workplaces. Well, come join that growing team by going to Progressive.com slash careers and apply online today. So Gabe believes... The Cowboys set up a deep playoff run. They have the most pressure. I believe it's the San Francisco 49ers. What about you? Let's hear from you. Which team going into the playoffs starting this weekend has that kind of pressure more than anybody else? Triple H say ESPN 888-729-3776. Your call is the next on Freddie and Harry. Freddie coming to Gabe Neitzel on ESPN Radio. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Got my man Gabe Knights with Info Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman on the Reggae Monday edition of Freddie and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Gabe and I have known each other for more than a minute. Normally we're not on opposite sides, but we are when it comes to this. Playoffs get started this weekend. You got two games on Saturday, three games on Sunday, one game on Monday. Gabe believes, no question in his mind, Dak Prescott's Cowboys 
have the most pressure of anybody in the playoffs. On the other side, as Mr. Cowboys fan, I am shocked that I did not agree with him. I think it's the San Francisco 49ers. They've come close to the last couple of years in the NFC Championship game. We're not able to punch it through. This year, like the Cowboys, they have home field advantage throughout the entire playoffs in the NFC. The Cowboys have it on one side as the second seed. So that's where we stand. But what about you? Let's hear from you at 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Which playoff team has the most pressure going into the playoffs this year in the National Football League? Brock in Virginia, who is that team and why? Hey, what's going on, guys? Hey, so I actually think a really good argument can be made for the Bills. Okay. And the reason I say that is I kind of think the Bills, crazy as it might sound, are almost up there in like in what I would call the old guard up there, like the Chiefs and the Ravens, these teams that have a core that have been together for a while that we've been talking about for years who have really just drastically underachieved, right? Early in the year we're talking about is, is Allen the same guy? talking about McDermott being on the hot seat even, right? And they just they haven't been able to really succeed, I think, to what we expected of them. And you've seen this year some of these young teams that are have a lot of talent, have really young quarterbacks, coaches that are only in their first or second year, they're all ahead of schedule. The competition isn't getting any easier. And I think the Bills are at that maybe last chance for them to really make something happen, or they might be having to consider whether or not it's time to kind of start to blow that team up and make some moves. Brock, it's interesting you said that because, boy, was that the narrative du jour when the Buffalo Bills are going through that tough stretch. That's dissipated the last five games by them winning the division, getting into the playoffs. And even when Josh Allen has made those turnovers, has had those kind of head-scratching plays, they've had each other's back. They've been in playoff mode ever since they had that tough stretch. Now, I've always been a big believer in this game. When you expend that much energy just to get into the playoffs – how much do you have left, even though you have a home playoff game? I can't wait to see how that's going to be answered by the Buffalo Bills when they play the Pittsburgh Steelers this weekend. A Steelers team that is going to battle you for 60 minutes, no matter what kind of talent they don't have on either side of the ball. Especially when you have to win three games in a row to get to the Super Bowl. And look, the, the Bills have kind of disappointed since that AFC Championship game appearance a couple of years ago. We thought right. they would get to the AFC Championship game again, but the 13 seconds thing against the Chiefs happened where <laughs> Mahomes gets the field goal, mm. wins in overtime, and, and they disappointed and got blown out in the divisional round last year. So they haven't been back there. Sure, that I, I, can, I can understand where he's coming from because the Bills do potentially have two home games in front of them. It's, it's right there for them to make it back to an AFC Championship game. Yeah. But also, at the beginning of yesterday, when games kicked off at 1 p.m. Eastern yesterday, it wasn't a guarantee that the Bills were going to be a playoff team. Absolutely. Like they, they, got, they got in because the Jags lost in the early window, but there was a possibility out there that if the Bills lost yesterday, they would have been out of the playoffs completely. I, I think there's some pressure on them, but at the same time, I don't think anybody's going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Like Sean McDermott, if they lose this game right away, yes, his seat will be hot. Next season, no he's doubt. not going anywhere this offseason. Right, no doubt about it. Josh Allen, he's going to be there for the long haul. James Cook, he's going to be there for the long haul, respectively. Yeah, that Buffalo Bills team, what has helped them being in playoff mode. But to also Brock's point, when you've gotten close a couple of times and people thought that was going to happen last year and you got beaten in the Winter Olympics by the Cincinnati Bengals and all that snow, <laughs> all of a sudden that pressure and then putting even more pressure on yourself just to get into the playoffs you have to wonder what kind of reserves are going to be in the tank, even though they have home field advantage, at least for two games, by having the second seed in the AFC. Greg in Texas, going into the playoffs to start this weekend, who has the most pressure in the NFL and why? 
Hey, what's going on, fellas? Hope y'all are doing good. You too, my man. Thanks. Appreciate uh, it. Yes, sir. Uh, as a diehard Dallas Cowboys fan, I can't elaborate enough how much I love this team. Um, I will agree with Gabe uh, on this one. Um, Cowboys, for, for so many reasons, uh, got so much pressure on them right now. I mean, the narrative every year, right, and like you all and like us, we, we hear it time after time. Mm-hmm. We win games throughout the season, regular season, but when it comes to the big show, playoffs, uh, we can't get it done. And, uh, you know, we all deserve it. We deserve it. And it needs to get done now. Um, and that's pretty much that's pretty much what I got on that. I mean, like I said, I, I can go on all day as far as to <laughs> talk about so much pressure. But <laughs> hey, and, and I'll tell you the real reason. I'll tell you the real reason why there's so much pressure. Because uh-huh. I already booked my rooms in Vegas. Okay. So oh, that, that's the real reason. Oh, so boy. I already paid for those rooms. Greg, Greg, how are you getting that far over your skis, my man? Hey, leave Greg alone. <laughs> <laughs> Greg, I'm with you. I'm a long suffering Cowboys fan as well. I'm going to put Gabe in his place. Leave Greg alone. If Greg wants to be in the good Chip Dallas lollipop, let him. <laughs> Seriously, if Greg has that kind of confidence that he's booked his flight to Vegas, Greg, play on, brother, play on, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Look, in, in, as far as the Cowboys, to, honestly, and, and part of this for the Cowboys to me is like the standards are different. I'm sure, Freddie, as a Cowboys fan, you'd love it if your team went to the Super Bowl. No but doubt. it's been, it's the last time they went to the NFC Championship game uh-huh. was the last time they went to the Super Bowl. So I think uh-huh. even just making it to that NFC Championship game uh-huh. for the first time uh-huh. in nearly 30 years, I think that's a huge step forward if they can win their two home games sure. as that two seed. Sure. Like going to San Francisco at that point would be gravy. Yeah, but still, don't tease me. If you're gonna get there, if you're gonna get there, win there. Seriously, that's fair. If you're gonna get there, win there, because they haven't looked like this. And I'm talking about in terms of talent. Just the mentality is different. You can hear Dak Prescott talking about we've done some things, but very ready. Obviously, coming off of the past years, I'm understanding the team we have, um, knowing that knowing we're coming into the season that that we had a team that could compete, wanted to put ourselves in this position, uh, wanted to stay in the moment each and every week, and not look forward to this. But now uh, it's upon us, and I think uh, most importantly, we've got to take it one game at a time, with the same attitude that we came into this game with, same attitude that we've taken in in every home approach. Who's it's it's Green Bay lined up right now everything focuses on that we'll enjoy this enjoy this plane ride home and guarantee you tomorrow everybody turns the page puts this regular season behind them and understands that tomorrow is not promised in that sense that we've got to make sure we give everything we can i'm glad he's not he's not tempering expectations of cowboys fans and believe me on the way home from south carolina for my vacation and i go to a rest stop at the maryland state house there were a bunch of Cowboys fans win that Washington game, and they were proud and strong at that Maryland house. And they were like, man, they, they, they felt the same way I did. We're hoping this is the year because we believe we have the team, but we still don't know. <laughs> we well, still don't I know. Think, I think it's the combination, like you said, of the talent and the attitude. I think the last time they were probably this good and got a two seed, what was that, 2016? Yeah, Dak Prescott's they had first year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was Dak Prescott's rookie year. And that's just different, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's great that you had that regular season, but the playoffs are a different animal. Yeah. And when Aaron Rodgers is your first playoff test, that's yeah. that's a tough one to pass. Yeah, yeah so especially when the guy makes one of the all-time great postseason <laughs> throws to put his team in position to get a field goal. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's just tough, right? That Nothing Dak can do there. But this team does have that talent. Like they've earned that two seed, and no to doubt. be that and to be that good at home, 
everything that they want is right in front of them now, now in terms of getting games in Jerry's world down in Dallas. Gabe believes the Dallas Cowboys had the most pressure of anybody in the playoffs. I believe the San Francisco 49ers. What do you have to say about that on Freddie and Harry and ESPN Radio at 888-729-3776 and the Dr. Pepper calling line. Sam in Hawaii, who is that team that has the most pressure going into the playoffs in the NFL and why? What's up, gentlemen? Thanks for taking my call. How you guys doing? We're good, my friend. Aloha, by the way. Aloha, my boys. Thank you, brother. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna side with you, Freddie. I think Niners, man. I think Niners all season um, have had the pressure. I mean, you got a you got a roster like that. You got pro bowlers everywhere. Um, you got to get it done, in my opinion. Um, I know I know they're they're not they're not paying Purdy yet. When that comes around, that's gonna be a different story. They can't keep all those toys. So, uh, in my opinion, um, as not a Niner fan, but just in general, I think they got a lot of pressure. I want a few things about the, about my Colts before I go, if, if you don't mind. But Absolutely. Um, so, big thing. So, long Thunder Colts fan. Obviously, tough, tough, tough way to end that, that, that game with Texans. You got to give credit to Texans, man. Um, but Colts had a week to stop one man in Nico Collins. I mean, granted, <laughs> you give up that big, the big game in the first play. Okay. After that, you double that man. I mean, C.J. Stroud, without Nico that game, that dude's like 6 for 18 for 90 yards. Mm-hmm. Nico goes 9 for 9 for 190. It's like, <laughs> Indy had to stop Nico, Indy would have been in, in their position. But if anything, I'm excited for the future, man. A healthy Anthony Richardson. Yep. And, uh, and a, little bit of, a little bit of defensive tweaks, in my opinion. Gus Bradley maybe got to go. Maybe the defensive scheme in general got to change. A 4-3 ain't in it done the last 10 years, uh, in my opinion. But, hey, man, appreciate you boys. Uh, the future's bright, and uh, great playoffs coming up for show. No, no doubt about that. But Sam pointed out something about his Colts team that's been missing from the Eagles. Those two guys have made a huge difference not being there. When you have Shane Steichen, he can coach with Indianapolis uh-huh. Colts. There's absolutely no doubt about that. And Jonathan Gannon, I know he took a beating at the end of the year defensive coordinator Philadelphia Eagles. You don't think they miss that guy right now, the way he coordinated that defense? Both of those guys have a lot of bright futures. Steichen with the Colts and Gannon – He's going to get that Cardinals team turned around and, and take the put the function back into dysfunction when it comes to that organization. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, the, the Cardinals were the best thing you can say about the Cardinals. Remember how hard they were playing early in the season? Absolutely. They, they, they had no business hanging with some of the teams that they were, or beating and that Dallas. Is a sign yeah. of, of that was a sign of the coach and the coaching staff. Yep. And things started to look a little bit more functional mm-hmm. once they got their quarterback and Kyler Murray back. Yeah, yeah he it, buying in. He bought mm-hmm. in and got some man. It, buying in with that, the, the future's extremely, extremely bright with two guys right now because the future looks a lot murky when it comes to Philadelphia Eagles, even though they're in the playoffs and they play next Monday night against Tampa Bay. A former Eagle's going to stop by in about 15 minutes. He's going to tell us exactly what he's been telling you about the Philadelphia Eagles, and you shouldn't be surprised. That comes you in about 20 minutes here on Freddie and Harry. Gabe Knightsley in for Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Cohen, presented by Progressive Insurance. And there's always the best and the worst of the weekend. Well, Gabe is going to be Mr. Mr. Doom, and I'm going to be Mr. Gloom. 3 up 3 now comes your way next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Freddie and Harry Podcast on ESPN Radio. It is a reggae Monday, Freddie and Harry. Gabe Knightson for Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman. Appreciate you joining us on the ESPN app. Series X and Channel 80. And always, always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN radio. There's always some good and some bad in each and everybody's life. But when the weekend is over, we get to the good and the bad of it, courtesy of... From the top stories in sports... This is a huge story! ...to the bottom. So we reach the bottom of the barrel. This is 3 Up, 3 Down. Number one. Oh, my first one is going to be the Houston Texans winning the AFC South. 
Nobody thought this team would compete for the AFC South in 2050, much less in 2023. They didn't just compete. They won the whole darn thing with C.J. Stroud, now a superstar quarterback. They definitely get my first up of the weekend, Gabe, not just because of him, but the head coach and turning everything around in less than 12 months after hiring D'Amico Ryans as their head coach. Remember they getting clowned for trading back to get the number oh, three pick in Will Anderson? Absolutely. Like everybody was dunking on them in April, and the Texans are the one with the last laugh, sitting there with double digit wins and champions of the AFC South. So good. Uh, my number one on the downside okay. inspection reports. I am going through it right now, pal. I am just going, me and my wife buying our first house. Right. And it's, it's an older house built in estimated 1870. Okay. And I mean, the basement, there, there's been some work done in the basement to kind of, you know, make sure the foundation is real good. Sure. But trying to find the right paperwork, who did the work, had a different guy down there today telling us, but now we should got to get a structural engineer down there to make oh, sure boy. it passes his thing. And meanwhile, now we got to go back to the seller and be like, hey, we need to extend contingency plan. Like, it has consumed my day uh-huh. outside of being on this. Look, <laughs> it's all worth it because you want to make sure that you don't have a money pit in the basement that you just got to keep sinking money into. Mm-hmm, absolutely. But it has, I was not anticipating this basement consuming my life the way it has over the last two weeks. Well, Bob Dylan made the basement tapes. Now we got the sequel, courtesy of Gate Neitzel and Mrs. <laughs> Neitzel with their whole housing situation. Number two. How about them Buffalo Bills, the fighting Chris? Christine Lisi's our sports and an anchor. Believe me, she thanked the Jacksonville Jaguars early in the day for losing to the Tennessee Titans. So the Bills had to worry about getting into the playoffs. But then you're down 14 to 7, and it looked like things were not in your favor. And once again, they may be the most resilient team going into the playoffs in the National Football League. Nobody thought at 6 and 6 that this team was going to get into the playoffs, much less win a division. And they did it that way by reinventing themselves on the fly. Salute the Bills Mafia. You earned your way to be the second seed in the AFC. Two picks in the end zone for for Josh Allen doesn't matter. Doesn't mm-hmm. phase him. Yep. Still can lead lead you down and score. Uh, I went with Jameis Winston going rogue and running a play out of the victory formation. Nice and yep. I, I want to emphasize it's the out of victory formation thing here that I, I didn't initially see it happen. I just saw how mad Arthur Smith was mm-hmm. as he was going to the middle of the field, and so many responses on social media were like, "Oh, you're so mad they scored. We'll stop them." But that's not the right response when the other team's in victory formation. Exactly. Because you're looking out for the safety of everybody. You're like, okay, I'm just going to stand up. Oh wait, you're now, now you're scoring on me just because we stood up and we're gonna we're not going at you hard. No, that is just terrible. If you're going to run the play, run the play. That's fine. But just line up in a regular formation. Do not do it because now teams are going to push back and they're going to it just it's going to make the kneel down uglier than it needs to be going forward. And it's got all the makings of Braveheart Part Two because you know at a certain point that's going to happen. Where are you going? I'm going to pick a fight, and that's going to happen in a lot of end of games. <laughs> victory formations not being victory formations. Number three, Mike Tomlin. Just like the song by Tony, Tony, Tony has done it again. No one thought the Pittsburgh Steelers, even when they had a good record, it was like, how did that happen? And then they came back to planet Earth. Oh, Mike Tomlin's got to go. And here they are. He has never had a losing season as a head coach. And now they play the Buffalo Bills in the playoffs when nobody thought that was going to happen for the fighting Mike Tomlins of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I knew my number three was happening, and you knew it was coming. It became official today. Tiger yeah. Woods and Nike I are splitting know, up. That's sad. Yeah, it's just—I mean—you think of Tiger, you think of that swoosh. One of his most famous shots at Augusta at the Masters, two thousand five. Like that Nike swoosh is just perfectly in frame. 
before it falls in the hole and he has the iconic chip in. Tiger and Nike have been so synonymous with one another over the last 27 years, but now they're going their separate ways. Tiger's going to be wearing something other than Nike. It's going to look weird first time he shows up on the PGA Tour without the swoosh. Well, he can't wear the Sunday red and black without the Nike swoosh. That would just be un-American. He can't wear the Sunday red without that. I didn't even think about that, Freddie. Yeah, he can't wear I didn't even think about that. If you're going to go all the way new, you can't have a little piece of the old. He's going to have to completely leave that alone by having that associated with Nike ending after 27 years. Gabe Knight's so in for Harry Douglas, joining Thanks Freddie Coleman to the and Freddie, Freddie Harry. Harry podcast this former Eagle Radio. warned you about the current Eagle. listen to Freddie and Harry We didn't listen. Weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern next. on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app, the Freddie and Harry podcast.